You're listening to a podcast from the Cinema Geekly Podcast Network. We're the geeks you deserve and the ones you need right now. Today we are canceling the apocalypse! It's another episode of the legendary Flashing Arrows of Tomorrow, where each week Glenn and I sit down to discuss the DC Triple Shot on the CW. Hello, Glenn. How are you doing? I'm doing, uh, sounds like a lot better than you. Yeah, I've been better. Um, you know, I thought my voice sounded terrible when Aurora and I caught up on our Walking Dead podcast, uh, but then when I listened to it back, I kind of sounded okay. So I'm like, no, you, oh. just can't, you sound kind of smoky. Yeah. Oh, I, I, I thought I was like on the mend when we were recording that. And then the next thing I know, my voice went to shit again. And now it's very, like, it sounded way worse yesterday when you're like, hey, can we do the show? And uh, I said, no. Uh, it, it sounded way worse yesterday. Uh, it's only moderately better today. But uh, we're going to have to, we're going to have to wing it and, and run with it because uh, we're, we're dangerously close to new episodes of all of these shows airing and uh, we can double up on like Walking Dead uh, but there's no way in hell I am doubling up on three <laughs> DC shows. I'm not going to talk six TV shows in, in one podcast. Well, then you got Saul right around the corner. That's right. Doctor Who right around the corner as well. There's a a lot of shows are coming back, and uh, Podcasters of Shield is going to be returning shortly. We're going to be talking about Iron Fist, so yeah, there's a there's a lot to discuss. Yeah, and I can't wait to go eat at Los Palos Hermanos because I'll be going to eat there in Dallas. Are they like opening up? Or like, I mean, in Austin, like, like faux ones or something? Or no, like it's it's like it looks <laughs> like it does in the show. It's amazing. That's the best. Same menu and everything. Yeah. Uh, all right, well, we're going to try to get... Well, I'm going to try to get through this as quickly as possible. And then Glenn will do the majority of the, the thought-having on episodes. Uh, so we're going to start with uh, Season 3 of The Flash, Episode 17. This one is called Duet. And uh, it's a crossover with uh, Supergirl. Uh, so we start with John Jones and... Is, is it Mon-El, Glenn? Yeah. Monal. Uh, yeah. They arrive via portal to Earth-1 with a comatose Cara Danvers. Uh, and we learn quickly that a, a mysterious man, who my 13-year-old quickly uh, informed me was also on Glee, uh, I, I presume he was playing Music Meister. Yeah. He attacks Barry and puts him in a similar coma. He wakes up in some sort of dream state world, uh, which also happens to be a musical uh, where he finds Kara, who still recognizes him. Uh, the music meister tells them that if they follow the script, they will return to the real world. 
Uh, Barry and Kara are forced to work as singers in a nightclub run by Malcolm Merlin, with Wynn working as a piano player, Cisco as a waiter, and Martin Stein and Joe West as two gangsters opposing Malcolm. Barry and Kara find Malcolm's son, uh, who is Monel in this dream state world, and Stein's daughter. Uh, or Einstein and Joe's daughter, Iris. Yeah, there you go. Uh, in a forbidden relationship. It's uh, Romeo and Juliet almost. Uh, Kara and Barry convince the pair to reveal their love, also helping Barry and Kara to realize their own mistakes in their respective relationships. Uh, Malcolm and Stein. Uh, Malcolm, Stein, and Joe subsequently decide to go to war. Barry and Kara are shot in the crossfire. But the real Cisco, uh, along with the real Monel and Iris, are vibed into this world to save them, allowing Barry and Kara to admit their loves, respectively, for Iris and Monel. They wake up in Star Labs, where the music meister reveals that he just wanted them to realize their love. What a sweet man. Uh, Kara's team returns to Earth 38, and Barry and Iris move back in together. He reproposes to Iris, and she accepts. What did you think of Duet Glenn, the musical episode of Flash and Supergirl? I really liked it. I was actually um, was very impressed with the singing. Mm-hmm. I mean, I knew he could sing. I didn't know Melissa Benoist could sing. <laughs> she was great. She was everybody and Cisco. I didn't know he could sing. No, no. I was probably like when he started belting out lines. I was like, oh, oh okay. I mean, obviously. They're going to put him in he could, but it was just, it was very, very strange. And of course, John Barrowman found himself in the episode where there is singing. Oh, yeah. Same as Victor Carver. Indeed. Uh, so, no, it was, uh, it was great. It was a good episode. It, I'm just trying to think. It reminded me of something I'd seen before, and I, I couldn't quite <laughs> put my finger on it. Like the episode uh, of Scrubs? No, no, not oh. that. No, not not. I mean, not even not even anything necessarily to do with singing. Ah. But like, where the the quote unquote who you think is the bad guy just puts them in a scenario so they can find mm-hmm. themselves and be happy and whatnot. Yes. So like, I was trying to think. Like, I'm sure, and again, line up your shots. You know, I'm sure it happened in Buffy. And that's probably what I'm trying to think because it's definitely not the musical episode of Buffy. Yeah. Because yeah, yeah. uh, that's a demon who's trying to find a wife. Um. My opening up an iClub. Uh. So. <laughs> Because Xander thought it would be fun if everybody sang, um, but no, it's uh, it was you know it was good. I, it was this was a good filler episode. Yeah, um, and I know you're not a big fan of musicals, and I'm gonna try and save your voice a little bit. But you even said like you you did you did enjoy it. You liked it a lot. Oh yeah. Uh, so uh, I, you know they did a good job of meshing the. The cheesiness that both of these shows have. I mean, I don't watch Supergirl, but the episodes I have seen, it is uh, slightly playful, like The Flash. Mm-hmm. Um, so when they had their big dance number, you know, Super Friends. Oh my god. It was <laughs> so... These, it was so corny. Grant Gustin and Melissa Benoist are, like, together, they're just like a bag of candy. Yeah. <laughs> they are, like, so sweet and adorable together. And it was just, it was hard not to love that. It was, it was such a dumb and cheesy ass song, like super <laughs> best friends. But all, it, 
it, but it works perfectly with them. Like it makes sense yeah. with them. Like they're just two big dorks. It's oh, it's so good. Yeah, this is no, the best it's... episode of Flash. And yeah, you're right. I'm not a big musical guy, but this is like maybe the best episode of Flash I've seen in a while. It's just fun. I yeah, because they time. were able to. I think it was good because they were able to um, put the whole Savitar going down arrows, doom and gloom. Right. They were able to set that aside. Um, and so hopefully this can kind of jumpstart the next, uh, this next phase of, like, you know, he even says it, you know, he's going to try and embrace it, but he wasn't embracing it with love. He was embracing it with solemnness. Yeah. And so I guess, you know, adding that to it, you know, he proposes to her again and it was, it was weird seeing it again, Mm -hmm. but it, it was definitely more effective this time. Because yeah, to me, I mean, that really came out of nowhere. I actually wasn't expecting him to propose because it didn't feel like he really did learn his lesson fully. Right. And maybe he was going to be slightly disenchanted by it. But I mean, um, serenaded. Yeah, just like the guy, he just kind of le- You know, the guy, you know, and I, I know he shows up in Star <laughs> Trek a lot. The guy who's like pretty much God in Star Trek and he just kind of shows up. Yeah. Yeah. That's kind of how this guy reminded me of. Yeah, it's kind kinda... of. Q Q definitely had his moments of like, I was just trying to teach you a lesson about humanity, like that, and he would do that frequently. So, yeah, that's that that's definitely uh, uh, an excellent parallel. Um, yeah, and it's hard for uh, it's hard for Iris to say no this time again, because of yeah. course Grant Gustin was singing to her, and you know <laughs> he's the Flash and he's singing about always running back to you. Yeah. Um, which of course is also, you know, turn the, the cheese factor up to 33. Oh, the cheese factor. I liked when it hit whenever he's like, be back in a flash and she's like, Barry. Yeah. What? He can't help, but like pun, pun himself. Yeah. And I usually hate puns, but you know, that works. That is his catchphrase. So yeah. And you know, and she hates it. Like she's annoyed by this stupid pun. Well, that like, was Tara who was like, "Yeah, yeah, oh yeah, yeah." yeah. She was bugged by it. Yeah, because it was when they had their little song. They were working on the song. Yeah, and I like the I like the whole you know bringing in Joe West and Stein as a couple. Like it was oh, kind of awesome. Yeah, yeah, they were great. And he's just like, "Oh, it's fathers. You got a problem with it?" It's like, oh, "No, no, no, just, no, 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 no." It's just not what I was expecting. His... No, it was, his uh his reactions like when they start singing like uh when when Stein and Joe start singing and you've got like just Barry's face he's just like got this he's looking around at everybody else in the room like can you believe this these guys are singing they sound so good <laughs> yeah like it was so great and then he like forgets that he's in a musical so he like stands up and claps after they're <laughs> done singing and nobody else is doing anything i i just love those little moments uh yeah, normally I'm not a big fan, but they framed the musical element of this show so well that it's hard to not uh approve and applaud. It was a great episode. Uh what, yeah. what would you give Duet? I mean, I don't want to go overboard with it, but I'll definitely give it mostly because of change of pace. Yeah. Like a four and a half. <laughs> oh, that's excellent. I thought I was maybe going too overboard as well. I gave it four and a half also, so uh, two big thumbs up for this episode. 
if they can find more clever ways to do something like this, uh, by all means, I'm, I'm in. Uh, all right, let's uh, let's now move on. Let's talk about season two of The Legends of Tomorrow, episode fifteen, called "Fellowship of the Spear." The legends steal the remaining fragments from Eobard Thawn, making it whole again. Uh, writings on the spear reveal that it can be destroyed by the blood of Jesus Christ Himself. Nate reveals that J.R.R. Tolkien has done a lot of the research on Sir Gawain, who possessed some of Christ's blood. They find Tolkien at the Battle of Somme, 1916, uh, during, I believe, the First World War. Mm -hmm. uh, Tolkien takes the legends to the grave, where they are attacked by Damien Dark and Leonard Snart, whom the Legion recruited before he joined the original legends. So that's some cheaty bullshit. Uh, <laughs> Tolkien acquires the map before escaping with the others. Amaya offers using the spear to erase the Legion from reality, but is opposed by the others. Using the map and the spear, they track the blood uh, to Psalm, where Rip manages to convince both sides uh, into a... Uh, convinces them both to enter a temporary ceasefire, during which the Legends acquire the blood. They are confronted by Dark and Captain Cold once more, who convinces Mick to join the Legion and give them the spear, with which they escape after Snart triggers a conflict leading to the destruction of the blood. Malcolm returns to the Legion with the Calabras manuscript, which they use to activate the spear. So uh, things are not looking good in Legends Land. What did you think of Fellowship of the Spear? I really liked it. Mm -hmm. Me too. Um, yeah, I, tons of Lord of the Rings references in this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just so overflowing like, with them. As he was going, I was like, "Wait, is he doing Aragorn speech?" Because I wasn't like, "Was it Rip who was doing that?" <laughs> yeah, Rip. When he do goes over the PA system, calls for a ceasefire. Yeah, yeah. There will be when there will be a day when the strength of men fails. But it will not be this day. I'm like, holy shit, he's doing Aragorn's speech. <laughs> uh, but I mean, you know, like there's a, um, you know, a, a message that can only be revealed by fire. Like, you know, that's yeah. the, the, on the, the spear. Message, the message on the One Ring. Uh, Victor can only be destroyed by what's by what from what's it from what it was made. Oh, from yeah, like the. And I, I and ironically, of course, this is the Legion of Doom, and the ring was forged in the fires of Mount Doom. Uh, you've got, uh, I, I believe, Stein at one point did the one does not simply. Mean. Mm -hmm. uh, I was just like, holy shit! There's just so much of it, uh, and I and I was in fact fangirling throughout the episode with the numerous. Lord yeah, oh god, I, I really just I feel like being on a writing staff of this has got to be fun. Yeah. Like how many how many references can we fit in? Uh, <laughs> and I, I just this season has been so much fun. It's it's mm -hmm. just ridiculous. But yeah, continue with your thoughts. And and, and even like the character stuff. So I'll say probably the biggest thing last. But even like the realization that the team come has to come to at the end. Again, is it kind of ham fisted in there? <laughs> is it force fed? Yes. 
but still like all these people, so it works. You know, even like Amaya is is troubled, and you know, what does she want to do? You know, again, was it is it family over or blood over over duty or something like that? Family over duty, mm-hmm. and just this reinforcing theme of you know some of the some of the best things are done or some of the some of the worst things are done with the best intentions. That's a quote, uh, uh, Doctor Ian Malcolm. Yeah. Uh, not in Jurassic Park, but the second one. Uh, so no, it's just a uh, it it really kind of hammers home that point of of Mick. Like we've been building to this, and instead of him making a sacrifice, <laughs> Snart did. The lesson that he thinks that he learns is, well, I was never a part of the team. But I want to be a good person. That's what I'm getting the spear. So I can I can change for the better. That's what I want to be. I want to be a good person. But the, but I don't know how because no one ha- has allowed him right. uh, to be that good person. No one has given the opportunity. He's always, you know, at arm lengths away. I mean, just with all the cracks that feels like at least once an episode um, that Sarah Lance makes about Mick. Yep. Um, you know, just... The small little things, just like you know, again, we talk about in the first season with Snarl. Like it was, he never was always the the A storyline, but he was definitely B or C. And yep. Mick probably wasn't as much of a forefront because they were kind of building the romantic tension between Amaya. But you know, they also were using her struggle, especially towards the end, to, to really piggyback off of his own. You know, and, you know, she may be a person out of time, but he is a he's a person out of place. Yeah, you know. Um, so no, it was uh, it was really really good. I, you know, any of <laughs> any of these famous people who who write something that definitely affects pop culture, you know, you're always in for fun. But mm-hmm. you know, this one I actually probably liked better than the George Lucas episode because the George Lucas episode was just me going. Ee! like the whole time yeah yeah yeah. this one like i was going eek and you know i don't really care about lord of the rings i've never been a big fan of them Mm -hmm. still you got they're in the mythos i mean they're important (laughs) i you cannot deny their importance as as literature um but they they built upon it more than just fan service lines like even the even the lines they were using were to prove a point um You know, just using Aragorn's speech was actually, like... The reason why it took me so long to kind of catch on to it was because I thought it was pretty well handled. Like, I kind of liked them showing the battlefield stuff. And then, uh, you know... It's just a good speech. Yeah, it is. It's not the best speech, you know. It's not. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not the speech of independence. Declaring independence. But, no, it was uh, was a really, really good episode. I, you know probably jump the gun a little bit, but I, I'll probably give this, even if I give it the same score, like, I actually like this episode more than The Flash. Yeah. I, um... And yeah, even I mean, Mick's I, saying, like, I wish it would have been different, and he, you know, gets zipped away. I mean, I don't, I don't really have a whole lot more to add. You kind of covered the bases. Um, and the teaser for next week, because it looks like Mick's trying to undo what he did mm-hmm. with, and- uh... It should be noted Steel. that Mick also, for the second week in a row, did the voiceover. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so that officially makes it a thing. Yeah. When Mick is doing the voiceover, it's going to be a good episode. 
probably a great episode. Uh, yeah, I gave this four and three quarters. Yeah, that's, Stupen- I was right there with you. Stupendous episode. Um, and now we got to move on to the main event. I cannot man. sing its praises more. I mean, every time I see yeah. people, and everyone who does watch all of these three shows, they all say, like, you know, probably, like, Flash is the most... I don't know. It's weird. Like, Flash is pretty consistent in what it does, and what it does is really well. Like, it's really good at being sappy and, you know, kind of hokey. Mm-hmm. But, like, I just, I always tell people, like, just watch DC Legends. Turn your brain off. It is, it's just, it's fun. It's really fun. Don't think about it. Just watch it, and it's great. But you have this. Uh, yeah. Such a good episode. Uh, right, we should probably move on to the, the real main event here. Yeah. Because uh, there isn't just some great news coming out of this episode. It's season five of Arrow, episode 17, called, I, I don't remember how I pronounced it last week. What is it? The Capush, Capuchin? Capuchin. Yeah, like Capuchin. Good news, Glenn. Arrow is over. The show is concluded. Oliver has <laughs> retired. And we no longer have to discuss this program. Uh, this is excellent news. And uh, I can't wait to discuss what happened in this episode. Uh, so basically, this whole episode, like 90% of this episode, was flashbacks to Russia, which is not important. Uh, he does have like a fight with Dolph Lundgren, and he kills him. But really, that's just the impetus for what's happening in the present. Because in the present, uh, Adrian is continuing to torture Oliver. He wants him to confess a secret. Uh, and Oliver does not know what what the secret is that Adrian wants him to say. And he's telling him that it's something that he's never told anybody before. He's never even admitted it to himself. But he wants him to admit it to him here and now. And uh, it basically takes a whole episode of flashbacks in Russia um, that really don't have that much to do with the story. Uh, other than it seemingly wrapping up the Russian storyline, I guess, more or less. I don't know. Uh, the former, that being Adrian, uh, brings a seemingly reluctant Evelyn. Uh, it brings it brings Evelyn in. Uh, and he's like, look, you and Evelyn, Evelyn are going to fight to the death. She's going she's gonna to either kill you and she's going to be free, or you are going to kill her and you're going to be free. And Oliver, of course, does not want to do this. And he's like, look, uh, if you don't want to do this, uh, you know, I'll, I'll break your neck. Tell me, tell me the secret or I'm going to kill her. And he's like, I don't know what the secret is. And, uh, he breaks Evelyn's neck and kills her. Um, and, uh, it's after all of this that Oliver sort of reaches a, a breaking point that he admits that to Adrian, that he killed people, not just because he had to, but because he liked it, which is what Adrian wanted to hear. Evelyn, of course, is not dead and is still alive and was assisting Adrian this whole time. Adrian lets Oliver go at that point, which he, uh, he then returns to the hideout and tells the team about his decision to end his vigilante career. It's all over, Glenn. I know there's, they're listing like more episodes here afterwards, but <laughs> clearly this, these are just going to be flashback episodes like clip shows best ofs uh i don't know what what were your thoughts on this week's episode i actually kind of liked it um 
I thought the whole him having to admit it was was pretty good. Mm-hmm. Um, the problem <laughs> I have with it is it's just uh, yeah, the flashbacks were they weren't like I don't know they were okay filler. I'm sure. glad that they didn't cut to the team at all until the end when he walks in and gives up. Yeah, but you know I did like the whole him snapping her. I mean you knew it was good. You know it was I mean you knew it was gonna happen. Um. Yeah, but uh, yeah, I mean, I like the whole him having to admit like he enjoys killing. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is an excuse for him to murder, uh, which is why he goes back to it so easily. Yeah. Um, the problem I have with it is that's not something I feel like we should be exploring in year five. That should have been something that we buried the hatchet in year two. Mm-hmm. Like it just seems really out of place. Yeah. But as an episode, I actually, for Arrow, I actually liked this episode. Yeah, yeah, um, me too. Uh, but, yeah, it was just, like a lot of things they do, it was too little, too late. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, I mean, I'm... that's really what I, I mean, to me, that's just about it. Like, <laughs> it, it was fun. I mean, I mean it was fine. I, I liked a lot of stuff, but it was, a lot of stuff was just repetitious, just him trying to get him to speak. You know, I did like some of the tortures. It was, you know, where he got shot with the arrow, uh, the amount of time he has to drown and that kind of stuff. And, um, so. I mean, the, the real problem isn't this episode, let's be honest. It's going to be how they follow up this episode. Yes. Which is, you know, he's not done being a vigilante. He's going to go back to doing it. He's going to go back to not killing. This hasn't changed anything. Yada, yada, yada. Yeah, nothing. That's the, yeah, you're right. That's the biggest thing. Nothing changes from this episode besides he's going to go back to what he did for about two seasons. Yeah, I feel like this, I feel like this won't have any lasting effects. Which is par for the course with this show. Like, they, sure. it doesn't feel like any, I mean... For God's sakes, we've talked about it a million times. A person nuked a city and killed a million people, and she got over it. In an episode. And it just... It's had, like, no lasting ill effects on these characters. Uh, which is just silly. Uh, I feel like we can see lasting effects on characters in the other shows. Oh, yeah. I mean, they brought uh, up... I mean, even Lance brought up Snart. <laughs> right? And I mean, we're clearly seeing it with, like, McRory's character. Yeah. Uh, and even Rip, you know, things. having a, his effects are what is his place in the team. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, on Arrow, it just feels like something major happens, and then they just hit a reset button. Everyone just goes back to their original stances. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I'm just expecting that to happen. And this uh, is, and what's weird is, this is supposed to be the more grounded show. Yeah. But, like, having the director of a special forces organization's husband be arrested for treason, like, and she can still keep her job, like, even as a PR thing, like, that woman should have been fired. Yeah. (laughs) I'm just saying. Like, it's just very strange. I mean, Uh, the show is more physically grounded, but storytelling-wise... Though, like... The emotional stakes are way more extravagant. Yeah, like, these humans do not behave like other humans uh, behave. At least not from my experience. So, on on any level. So, yeah, I don't know. Uh, I I gave this episode three and a quarter. 
I was okay with it. It's a fine episode. Yeah. Um, what, what did you give Capuchin? Oh, three and a half. Which for Arrow, man, that's pretty good. No, that's that's really good for Arrow these days. Uh, by the way, beaten in the ratings by Legends of Tomorrow. Oh, good. All the Lord Sorry. of the Rings fans came out of the woodwork. Thank God. Oh, yeah. Which I felt like they'd even play up. I didn't even realize it was going to be about Lord of the Rings until it started. I mean, they said, I mean, the episode title is Fellowship of the Spear. I'm like, what is this going to be in relation to? And then, you know, of, and then, of course, it was like, let's go meet J.R.R. Tolkien. And I'm like, holy shit. I love this show so much. <laughs> I, I can't just wait until keep... they meet Elvis. I like, just that's keep, like the one they haven't done. I just keep forgetting that the show just gives themselves permission to do this. Yeah. They're like, let's go meet Tolkien. And they're like, okay. And I just keep forgetting that they do it. Well, I mean, uh, they did reunite uh, <coughs> uh, Einstein with his with his lady. Yeah, yeah. I mean, this show isn't afraid to go and do fun things. So hard, it's hard to get upset about it. Uh, and in fact, it's a show worth celebrating. It's a should be a celebratory show, and we do every time we talk about it. So, um, all right, we're gonna we're gonna take off. I'm gonna go rest my uh, my vocal cords for another day because I've got more podcasts to record soon. Uh, and I guess we'll probably come back and talk about Arrow next week. They are gonna air an episode, I presume. Let's take a look at the dates here, just to be. Safe. Yeah, there's going to be one next week. Uh, Alright, so uh, head on over to cinemageekly.com to check out the archives of the Flashing Arrow podcast, along with all the other shows we have available. And, of course, this show is available on iTunes and Google Play Music. Uh, for your convenience, just use your personal device of choice, search for Flashing Arrow, and hit subscribe. New episodes will be delivered as we release them. That's it for this week. Glenn and I will return next week to talk about Season 3 of The Flash, Episode 18, called Abracadabra. Season 2 of Legends of Tomorrow, Episode 16, called Doom World. And Season 5 of Arrow, Episode 18, called Disbanded. Disbanded.